Good morning. It's good to see everyone. Thank uh, for coming to uh, to learn. The uh, last week's parsha and parsha's boy concludes with two parshas, Kaddishli uh, Bafar and the parsha Vahayakivyecha, which is two out of the four times that the mitzvah of Tefillin comes up of Vahayva Oisal Yadcha, Uzikar Benenecha, or Ula Toitafus Benenecha, and then we have uh, later on, of course, the parsha of Shema Vahavta. Uh, and again, in of the And these are the four parshias of Tefillin. These are the four parshias that are placed uh, in the Tefillin. And the Tefillin shall rush. Of course, they're in four separate batim because the pasuk says, They're supposed to be four separate parshias. It's in the plural, as opposed to uh, as opposed to the Tefillin Shalyad is. Uh, it's one uh, parsha, it's one singular thing, and all four parshas are written as they appear in the Torah on one uh, long parsha. However, at least with regards to the Tefillin Shorash, presumably with regards to the Tefillin Shoyad as well, there's a machlekes harishonim about how these uh, parshas are supposed to be arranged in the four bottom of the Tefillin Shorash, uh, and how perhaps they're supposed to be uh, written uh, in the in the Tefillin Shoyad, as we'll explain. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesechus Menachus, Ketzat Sidron, how are they arranged in the Tefillin Shorosh? Kadesh Li, V'hayek V'yecha on Yumin. On the right you have Kadesh Li, and V'hayek V'yecha, and that's the order they appear in Parshas Boy. Then you have Shaman V'hayem Shamaya Mismo. You have Shaman V'hayem Shamaya on the left. So the Gemara says, Hatanya Ipcha, we have a bride that says just the opposite, meaning Kadesh Li and V'hayek V'yecha are on the left, and Shaman V'hayem Shamaya are on the right. So Amar The question is, from whose perspective are we discussing? So the Gemara says, from the perspective, uh, but everyone, uh, everyone agrees uh, to the basic order. The only argument is from whose perspective. So the Gemara says, okay, so whose perspective in the end, uh, you know, how, how should this be arranged? So the Gemara says that it's really from the perspective of the person uh, who's looking at the one who's wearing the tefillin, and it's keseder, as uh, this is the way Rashi explains, it's keseder that, that it appears in the Torah. So Rashi interprets the Gemara, which is the way we just would have probably intuitively have interpreted, but maybe because we're pre-biased from the way that we wear tefillin, is that it should be Kadesh and Mahayakaviyaka from the perspective of the one who's looking at the one who's wearing the tefillin. So it's Kadesh Vahayakaviyaka, Shema, and the which is in Parshvashan, and the Vahayam Shamaya, which is in Parshvashan. If you turn the page, you'll just see a diagram that's, I guess it got blurred, blotted out a little bit, but it's Kadesh Vahayakaviyaka, then Shema, and Vahayam Shamaya, and that's the order that it appears uh, in, the, uh, in the Chumash. Taisvis uh, quotes from Rabbeinu Tamno, um, who disagrees. Uh, and his first kasha is, if this is what the Gemara had in mind, then it should have just said, which one do you start with? And then tell me, and follow the order of the Torah. Why does it say two on the right and two on the left? That's not the most precise way of saying it. Or it's, it's confusing. Just say, this is the one you start with, and then we just go uh, in order. So somebody trying to explain, you could get out of this kasha perhaps. What the Gemara is saying is that it should be, um, uh, it should be even, meaning it should be uh, symmetrical on your head. That's why the Gemara says two on the right and two on the left, because it's telling you that the tefillin should be placed directly in the middle of your head. But that's one kasha Rabbeinu Tam asks, is that if, uh, if uh, Rashi is correct, should have just said the one that you begin with and then uh, continued, uh, continued on. But more than that, the Sefer Truma that's not found in Taisvis, asks uh, on the opinion of Rashi that, um, that the Gemara is not uh, precise in its language, linguistically. Because if you look in the Gemara, when the Gemara said that Kadesh Lim are on the Yamin, the first one that's mentioned is the rightmost. Kadesh right, is on the most right, from the perspective of someone who's looking at the one who's wearing the tefillin. Kaddish is on the right. Second right 
is Vahayakaviyacha. Shema and Vahayam Shema, then what that should mean is, if it's really the mirror image of the first statement, is on the left. Shema is on the most left, and Vahayam Shema is second left. Which would mean, and this is the way Rabbeinu Tam learns the Gemara, is that Kadesh, uh, Kadesh Yikol Bechor is the first one, then Vahaya Kiviyecha, and then Vahayam Shamoa, it's out of order. It's really the fourth parasha that appears in the Torah of the Pasuk and Parasha, Parasha Zekev, and then uh, Shema, which makes sense. That's why the Gemara splits it up into two categories. This one on the right, this one on the left, because this one starts from the right and goes in order. This one starts from the left. Uh, and goes in order, and that's how Rabbeinu Tam uh, uh, learned the Gemara. Rabbeinu Tam claims that this was in fact the practice of Rav Haigoin, and this was the practice of Rav Yosef Tuvelem, this who appears uh, often in Tysus, and this was the practice of Rav Shirigoin as well. The, uh... <coughs> but of course the Rambam adopted the practice of Rashi. So Rashi and the Rambam have their practice of uh, the way that it's Kisidra, and the way that it appears in the Chumash, and the Rabbeinu Tam had his practice that you have uh, starting, uh, Parshas both starts in the right, the other ones uh, uh, start in the left, and that's why the Gemara broke it up into these, uh, to these two, uh, to the, to the two groups. Rav Haigon gave it a simin. The way that you can remember it is that uh, he, what he paraphrased the Gemara himself as Kiddush, and then Makshinan Havayos Ahadadi. The Gemara is really talking about something else. The Gemara is talking about whether Kiddush Ashtar, Ashtar has to be written Lishma. Of course, a get has to be written Lishma because of law, say for Krisis, law Lishma. The question is, when a woman uh, gets divorced, of course, the document has to be written Lishma for this specific couple. What about when you write a Star Kiddushin? Does the Star Kiddushin have to be written Lishma? One of the three ways of contracting, of arranging a marriage, Kiddush Star, Kiddush Kesef, Kiddush Bia, does the Star have to be written Lishma like a get? So the Gemara says, are we makish Because the Pasuk says, Vayatza Vahaisalisha Achel, Pasuk Kambashas Kisaitse, she got divorced, she went and she married someone else. So just like Vyatza has to be a get that's written Lishma, the Vahaisalisha Achel, the Havaya has to be Lishma with the Star Kiddushin's written Lishma, or perhaps just like you don't have to produce money for Kiddush Kesef Lishma, we now don't have to print coins or mint coins for the purpose of Kiddushin, so then so too you don't have to make a Star Kiddushin Lishma. Makshin and Havayos Ahadadi. The Gemara concludes you don't need a Star Kiddushin that's written Lishma, it could be a, a, you know, a, a, a copy, generic template, uh, because Makshin and Havayos Ahadadi. So the Rav Haigon uh, imported that phrase uh, to hear that Vahaya Kiviyacha and Vahaya Imshamaya are adjacent to one another. If you look at the Tfilin of Rebbe Tam on the other side, you'll see that the two Vahayas are adjacent to one another. So he interpreted that's Makshid and Havayas Adadi. Rav Shir- oh, we'll get to one second. So Rav Shirogon had a different other uh, Rav Haigon and Rav Shirogon are the most, uh, you know, are the earliest, uh, earliest ones we've we cited so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rabbeinatam, of course, right, is the grandson of Rashi. <laughs> How can he have different tefillin? Didn't Rashi right give him the tefillin as the permanent president? But um, Rav Shriagon had a different simon uh, uh, to this, which I think is important. He claims that it's, uh, no, that it's because on the either side of the tefillin, as the Gemara says over here, Masechus Menacha, Shin shall tefillin alach l'moish misina. On either side of the tefillin shall rush is a shin. Uh, the Titus quotes him, the uh, Shimusha Rabbah, that on, the, uh, on uh, the right side of the one who's looking at the tefillin, on the right side is a shin with four arms, and on the left side is a shin with three arms. So if I'm wearing my tefillin, so it's, uh, on this side is the one uh, with uh, um, um, my, uh, my left. So this side is the one with four arms, this is the one with, uh, with three arms. But the shin shall tefillin, Allah, Lomosh, Misina. So Sarah Shira gone, since the shins are in the outer part of the tefillin, the two parashiyas that begin with the shin should be on either part, on, uh, on, the, on the outside. So you have on one side Shema, and the other side you have uh, Kadesh, 
which also has the shin, so the two shin should be on the outside. I think this is important because the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam is somewhat perplexing, right? Rashi holds you follow the order that appears in the Chumash. It makes a lot of sense. You should follow the order that appears in the Chumash. Uh, the Ravid is not happy with Rashi because he says, and other Rishon are not happy with Rashi. Why do we follow the perspective of the one who's looking at me? It should be based on the one who's wearing the tefillin. And that's why there are other opinions in Rishon, in, uh, Rishon who flip Rashi around. But, they, but if, you, if you hold that it, it goes, you know, it follows the order, but from the perspective of the one who's wearing the tefillin, not from the perspective of someone who's looking at the one who's wearing the tefillin. Okay. But that's Rashi's perspective. We could understand either variation of that because it follows the order that appears in the Chumash. Why should it be that, uh, according to Rabbeinu Tam, uh, you know, Kadesh Lee, yeah, on this side, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's a good reason why it should be from the from the outside perspective, right? But either way, according to Rashi, I could explain it. I could explain it from the one who's wearing this film. It's a message yes. to me, or maybe it's because right the or maybe it's a message I'm spreading to others. You could explain it either way, but but the fact that it goes sequentially in the Torah makes sense. Why does Rabbeinu Tam hold one side is Kadesh and on the on the left side we start all over again with Shema and it goes uh, it goes the other direction. So I think perhaps a hint, you know, it might be because, I mean, it's not, not my own suggestion, others suggested already. Maybe it's based on the Shemu, huh? Is it clear calling on to the day is that the Sage is Makif? Yeah, oh, yeah. The Gemara says, I'm sorry to mention it. The Gemara says, If you rearrange the Parashius, it's possible. So the Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam, Apostle for Rashi, the Tefillin of Rashi, Apostle for Rabbeinu Tam. It's a zero-sum game. Heavy stakes. You're not Yodzeh with the wrong Tefillin. We'll get, we'll get to it in a second. You're not Yodzeh. If you hear of the parashis, you're not yotze. But why should Rabbeinu Tam say this? So perhaps it's linked to these two shins. That's why Shurigon connected it to the two shins already. Perhaps the, uh, the, the, this perspective is linked uh, to the two shins. Because already, it sounds like I see the Shatara, but it's not. Already, it's from the Rishonim. The Beis of here quotes from the Smog. Where did these two shins come from? So he quotes on the, from the Hagos on the bottom of the Smog, which the Beis Yosef already had. That is because, where do we ever have a shin that has four arms? So he says the shin of the four arms is uh, represents the shin that was engraved upon the luchos because it wasn't written on a piece of paper where it has three arms. It was engraved. And when something is engraved and it has three arms, right, so if you like, look at fourth, it would be engraved, so you'd end up having, it would look like a shin that has four arms because you have the two in between the three and then the two outer ones. So it comes from the shin of the luchos. That's already the, the hagos on the bottom of the smag. comes from the shin of the luchos. That's, uh, you know, on, on the right side and on the left side. Um, you have the shin that's uh, written in a Sefer Torah. That's like every other shin that's written in the Sefer Torah. So that's where the two shins come from. So perhaps uh, these two shins really represent two sources of our emuna, which is what we wear the tefillin together with the Kriyashma as a representation, uh, you know, a, a, a demonstration of our emuna. And the Rebunishlam, that's why Kriyashma and tefillin perhaps are connected, because there's two sources of our emuna. There's one source of emuna from the Luchais, Maimon Arsinai, and of course the two parashis and parashas boy, which begin on the right side, um, that discusses Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim as well. We should keep tefillin, because the Kaddish Baruch who took us out of Mitzrayim. A source for our emuna comes from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, from Maimon Arsinai, the Luchais, things, nascent that we witnessed together as a nation, but that's more Amun Apshuta, just we saw it happens, and therefore we believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The other Shin, which is in Sefer Dvarim, which was composed already by Moshe Rabbeinu, that was written by us, that comes from the Torah that we write. That's where we find, we investigate, and we come to the conclusion that the Rebbe Shalom exists independently of the historical uh, or anecdotal evidence that we have as a nation. So that's uh, perhaps the two sources of Amun coming together in the head, they're coming uh, as one uh, and converging, synthesizing uh, in a person's head, and those that we have to integrate those no, two sources of Emunah. After Sinai, unless 
concept of Omar Shemayim accept that by Shalom as the ultimate would come after Sinai. What do you mean come after Sinai? What is the idea of Kabbalah so Omar Shemayim? Is Yichud Hashem? That's the mitzvah of Kriyashma. Right. So you say it comes after the Tzias Mitzrayim. Tzias Mitzrayim is a basis for the mitzvah of Kriyashma. Oh, 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 so that's, that's why perhaps we mention Tzias Mitzrayim in Kriyashma is because one of the reasons, you know, our, uh, what, what strengthens our Amunah is the fact we saw the Rebbein Shalom at Tzias Mitzrayim and Maimon Sinai. So we interact with the Kaddish Baruch that's one source of Amunah, but that's really an Amunah Pshuta. I didn't arrive at that, you know, theological, philosophical conclusion on my own. But then it's important for a person to also to contribute that part of it. So Rebbein Tom is saying, I have to uh, integrate these two parts together in my head, and that's why they're starting from two different sides, representing the two different sources of Amunah. Perhaps that's where uh, already uh, it comes from. You can. You can. You can. But it's, 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 why would you interpret the Gemara in this fashion? Because it is written strange. Yeah, the, the language happens to support yeah. Rabbeinu Tam, I agree with you. But, but the Svara is so compelling that it should be in the order of the way that it appears in the Torah. That uh, I think I think it requires some measure. You're right. You could just say it was pashit, and there are those who say that this is pashit, a linguistic machlekas. How to read the Gemara? Um, according to uh, uh, Rabbeinu Tam, though, you come up with a problem in the Tefillin Shalyad because, of course, the Tefillin Shalyad have to be written kesidron in the order that appears in the in the Torah. So that's why the Rishonim say, even according to Rabbeinu Tam, um, 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 it has to be a written kadesh v'haykeliyacha then shema then v'ayim shema the way that it appears. But what he means is that it has to be written in the order. Uh, you know, first Kadesh Li, then Vahayek Viyacha, then Vahayim Shamoa, you have to leave a blank space for the Shema, and then they fill in the Shema later. So people who are writing Fill in the Rabbeinu Tam have to write the Fill in Shalyad, again, is all one long parsha, as opposed to Fill in Shalyad, it's four separate parshas, four separate Batim. So you have to write, leave a space for the Fill of the Shema, write, uh, 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 leave a space for Vahayim uh, um Im Shamoah, so you write the Shema at the end, then Vahayim Shamoah, uh, the fourth one. Eh, it's a tricky thing. But according to Rabbeinu Tam, even uh, according to Rabbeinu Tam, it has to be, um, they have to appear in the Tefillin Shayyad, have to appear in the order that appears in the, in the Chumash. Either way, be that as it may, we have a big mach, like I said, we showed him how the parashas are supposed to be arranged in the Tefillin Shayyad, and how they're supposed to be written in the Tefillin Shayyad. And as Rabbeinu already pointed out, the Gemara says over here in the second line of Ois Aleph, Im Hichlif HaParashas, Yenat Yodzeh. If you switch the order of the parashas, you're not yotzei. So this, the, the stakes of this game are quite, uh, of course, not a game, but the, the stakes of our discussion are quite, quite high. But of course, the, the most perhaps uh, difficult issue in this entire machlekes is how could something, how could a machlekes develop with regards to this basic thing that we do every day, even with regards to kiyashay for the rishayin ameis? How could there be a machlekes whether the shvarim is ginucha ganach yilula yolel? Is it a long sab? Is it a shorter sab? And therefore, we do all of the permutations. We do both, and then we do shvarim trua. So Ritva already asked in the gemara mesechles rosh hashanah how could be there's a machlaik is what the shvarim sounds like didn't they do this every year what they do last year so it's claims no there was years when they weren't able to blow to shaif and they push it forgot what they did or even if it comes once a year we you know i find men hug him in the shul people forget what we did last year it's not such a pillow they forget from year to year not duty of course some of us who are not uh, you know as uh, steeped so we sometimes forget so perhaps, perhaps the machlag is developed. But this they were doing every day. Yes, there were xeris against tefillin. We know from Elisha Baal Knafayim. But, but they, are, uh, they were keeping tefillin. So how could it be that the machlag is developed? Or even more pronounced, Rabbeinu Tam was a grandson of Rashi. How can it be in the same family? Yeah, two different men hug him about how to put on tefillin. I once saw a very old Shuvah Sefer. Yeah. A community that had round tefillin. Uh, round tefillin. And they 
question there. Yes, I've never heard of that before. Wow. It's a true mistake. Oh, yeah? They want to say, well, yeah, it's a bit tough. So you're saying, but that was a separate tradition, a separate line. They didn't have Halakha Moshe Misinai. What's Halakha Moshe Misinai? But how could this happen in the same family? So it could be Rabbeinu Tam read the Gemara differently and therefore upshlug the entire Messiah because he read the Gemara differently. That's possible. Yeah, then we can undo things by just reading Gemara's differently. So therefore, it's a, it's a little bit more compelling to say that this is probably predates, clearly predates Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam came, that was the, that was the meaning of the, you know, the, the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu Tam, Rabbeinu But some claim it even goes back even further than that. There's so much intrigue in this sugya. If you're living in the times of the Rishonim, this was like the biggest controversy that was going on, and there's, 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 there's archaeology and political intrigue going on. So look over here, what? You, he's the one because it's on the Gemara. Uh, you, you read the Swarmer of Haggai? Yeah. yeah. So the Haggai's Maimonides over here, look back, Ois Gimel, there's the Rambam. So on the fifth line, the Haggai's Maimonides says, Because of the Sefer Amitzvah, Mikomakum Nagubaritz, Edom Haritz, Yishmael Karabenu, Moesho Karashi. The Rambam, of course, had the, like, the opinion of Rashi. The Gamshochu, Ksamiritz, Yishmael, Shanafla, Bima, Shal, Kevi, Yechezko. Once the Kevi of Yechezko opened up, the uh the the Matseva on top fell off. Umasu Sham Tfilin Yashan Maid Kisido Rashi. So they found Tfilin like Rashi in the cover of Yechezkel. So the Drisha, the Drisha of course is um is uh, uh um Commentary in the Torah of Yeshua Folk, who lived in uh, Poland in the 1500s, 1600s. So he says, Adarabah, from here is a raya to the Rabbeinu Tam. Why were they Gainez, the Tefillin of Rashi? Must be because they were no good. That's why they put them in Geniza. So the Bach, the Bach, who was a little bit later, of course, uh, Rabbi, uh, Yo Circus, also from Krakow in Poland. So he was a contemporary of the Drisha. So he quotes it, and the Bach says, no, come on. Well, even if it was incorrect, they could have just taken the Parshish out. What are you throwing it out for? Take the Parshish out and rearrange them in a different pair of two. And even if, Rabbeinu, if, if Rashi was wrong, um, why would you be going at it? It's still, it, it must be they wore out, and that's why they put them in Geniza. Not because they were wrong, because even if they were wrong, take it out and switch it. So Bikiva Eger says, it sounds like, there's a machleg in the Bach and the Drisha, can you take tefillin that are from uh, Rashi and turn them into tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam? Can I take the parashis that were in Rabbeinu Tam and turn them into tefillin Shal Rashi? The uh, Drisha was assuming you can't do that. So that's why the tefillin Shal Rashi, they couldn't take and reuse, they had to be good. And he said, and that was a riot was wrong. And the Bach argues, and he says, just because you used it for one pair of tefillin, why can't I switch it for another pair of tefillin? So that just comes up. Huh? Shalyad, not, but the Tefillin Shalrash. The Tefillin Shalrash. You can't tell anything from the Shalyad how it was written. It has to appear in the way that it appears in the Chumash. No, Tefillin Shalyad, the only Machlok is how do you write it, but in the end of the day, in the Parsha, it's written as it appears in the Chumash. Yeah. The Tefillin Shalyad and the Tefillin of Rashi are the same? They're not written the same. No, but they look the same. They look the same. They have the only child is how do you write it, the order in which you write it. But in Rabbeinu Tamtfilin, it's rearranged differently. So, uh, so, so therefore, they recommend Seifrim, all know this, that when you write Tfilin, uh, you have in mind Kedusha's Tfilin. You don't have in mind Rabbeinu Tam or Rashi. That, but if you have in mind Rabbeinu Tam or you have in mind Rashi, so then you can't switch it uh, from one to the other. So maybe this already dates by where Machlech is dating back to, they're bringing a proof from, uh, from Yechezko. And even with regards to Rav Haigon, so again, Rabbeinu Tam said that was the minute Rav Haigon was like him. However, if you look in the Kesef Mishnah, uh, where is it? You have it? Huh? Where is it? 
Oh, if you look in the Kesef Mishnah over here at the end of his Gimel, Kesef Mishnah quotes it, I didn't give you the whole thing, quotes it, Chuvah the Chachmi Gunil sent to the Rambam. He said, Why are you doing this? It's against Rav Haigon. So if, uh, the Rambam says, Who told you Rav Haigon passing like Rabbeinu Tam? Like that order of the Tfilin. He says, We were once looking at the Tfilin of Rabbeinu of Rav Haigon, we opened them up, and we found that Rav Haigon passing like me, like Rashi, that it was, uh, written, it was uh, arranged in the Tfilin Shorosh in the order that it appears in the Chumas. He says over here in the last line of his Gimel, this new wave of arranging the tefillin like Rabbeinu Tam. They opened the tefillin of Haigon and was arranged like the order that I have it in, uh, that I have my tefillin. So we have a machlekes archaeological about the tefillin of Haigon and the tefillin of, uh, of, of Yecheskel Navi, but then the intrigue even gets a little bit further. Because in the Eshkol of the Ravid, that's not the Ravid of the Asagas on the Rambam, there was another, he had a contemporary Ravid who was also from Provence in France, it's a little bit confusing, but different Ravid, he wrote the Sefer Eshkol, so in the, I couldn't find it in the Sefer Eshkol, but all the Achreinim quoted, the Sefer Eshkol, he claims that there's a raya from Yushalmi in Mesechtis Menachis, they used to have a Yushalmi on Kachim, the Rishonim quoted it a few times, Yushalmi on Kachim, a raya to Rabbeinu Tam, a raya to Rabbeinu Tam. So in the 19, early 1900s, 1907, 1908, there was a man named uh, Rav Shlomo David Friedland, who, Friedlander, who claimed to be a Sephardi, he was a shady guy, he appeared in a Satma based Medrash, and he claimed to have a Ksavyad of the Talmud Yushalmi on Seder Kochim. And he was promoting it, and he convinced a few G'dayim, I think the Marsham gave him a Haskama, there are a few G'dayim who gave him a Haskama, but then... As people began to look more into him you know, personally, he had a shady past. He wasn't a Sephardi, and a lot of things didn't add up. He was writing Kameas that he claimed were from Yonatan Ipschitz, and they weren't. And a few strange, strange things about him personally. But then they passed it around to different Gedalim, and they proved that it was a, that Yushami and Kachim was a, was a forgery. He was a masterful, because he took all the quotations that the Rishonim have from the Yushami and Kachim, and he integrated them into his text. It was brilliant. And, uh, but there were a few things that tipped the G'dayim off that it wasn't correct. They say that the Rogachever read through the Yushalmi and Kachim and he determined right away that it was a, it was a forgery. So they asked him, how do you know? So he says, because in every Masech, either every Masech in Shas, every Seder in Shas, there's one Hapex uh, Legamina, uh, meaning there's one Amira who appears, oh, where is he? There's one Amira who appears in that Masech that doesn't appear in any other Masech and he said, here, I recognized all the names. There was no one new. <laughs> so he said he knew from that that it was, it was a forgery. Amazing. Yeah, fa- amazing. amazing story. So anyway, but the Chafetz Chaim quotes the Yushalmi on Kachim. He was never convinced that it was a forgery. He quotes in the Mesechlis Bukharis and Avav, I think. In Likutei Halachis, he quotes the Yushalmi on Kachim. And they say over that the Chafetz Chaim was so compelled by the Yushalmi on Kachim that he began to wear the Tfilin de Rabbeinu Tam when he was 90 years old because he believed that the Yushalmi on Kachim uh, was actually correct. They say over that Rabbi Yaakov said that he, uh, they asked him, how come you don't wear Tfilin de Rabbeinu Tam? He said, well, when I, if I get to be 90 years old like the Chafetz Chaim, then I'll begin to wear the Tfilin de Rabbeinu Tam. So I think when he turned 90, they say that he, he, he made good on the promise, and he started putting on Tfilin de Rabbeinu Tam. So they asked the Chafetz Chaim, what do you accomplish now at the end of your life, putting on Tfilin de Rabbeinu Tam? He said, when I get to the oil of my MS, I'm going to meet Rabbeinu Tam. And he's going to ask me, did you wear my Tfilin? So I want to be able to say at least I once wore the Tfilin of Rabbeinu Tam. But either way, the Chafetz Chaim, claimed, you know, there were those who claimed that there's already a source for it in the Talmud Yushalmi. We have a machlekes with regards to the tefillin of Haigon. There's a machlekes with regards to why would the tefillin of Yecheskel put into Gniza if they were the tefillin of Rashi or the tefillin of the Rabbeinu Tam. Some come, it even goes before that, already to the period of the Bayes uh, Shani. They claim that they found the Dead Sea Scrolls tefillin that support Rabbeinu Tam or tefillin that support Rashi. It's really not accurate. 
uh, uh, Rabbi Gorin claimed that they found in the Dead Sea Scrolls those that support Rabbi Natam, those support Rashi. The archaeologists point that's really not exactly so, but there is something that perhaps could lead one to that conclusion because they found two pairs of tefillin. One has the first three parshias, that's it, it doesn't have the fourth one, and it's arranged like Rabbi Natam. So there's uh, Kadesh, Vahayik Viecha, and then Vahayim Shamoya. It's missing the Shema. So it's hard to really figure out, but it sounds like Rabbeinu Tam. And then they found another par- say, uh, say, uh, tefillin where the, the two middle parashiyas was Vahayek uh, and Shema, but missing the other ones. So they interpreted that perhaps that's more like Rashi. So this Machlekes already perhaps goes, uh, goes way back, which already leads us to uh, the conclusion that perhaps really neither one of them is wrong. And that's already what they quote in the name of the Ariya Kodesh. Look over here, Oizayin, this is a Terazikain, a commentary uh, on the Shulchan Aruch. Quotes here from the writings of the Ariya Kodesh that both of them are true. So he says, really, a person, uh, they're both uh, are correct, and he claims that's what the Gemara means in the base that there's place on the head for two pairs of tefillin. Why would there be on place on the head or place in the arm for two pairs of tefillin? The answer is because you're really supposed to wear both pairs of tefillin, both that of Rashi and that of Rabbeinu Tam. They're what's the both. Base, what's the basis that there's an order? What do we say about that there's an actual order? Well, you have four parashiyas and four batim. No, this is all halakha and mitzvah mitzvah. Almost everything in Tefillin. Everybody at the early days, they just made any order that they wanted because they knew they needed four parashas. How do you know that there was an order? Almost everything is Halach Lamaish Mishinai. Almost everything is Halach The square is Halach Lamaish Mishinai. The black is Halach Lamaish Mishinai. There's an order that's Halach Lamaish Mishinai. I assume so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was different shvatim. I don't know. I don't know, there's way more, there's tw- more than 12 ways of arranging four parshias. Yeah. But either way, in the Shalos and Tuvis Minah Shamayim, see, quotes over here, this is one of the Rishayim who asked uh, Shalos and Tuvis Minah Shamayim, <laughs> he got a response. So it says over here, Oishches, he re-asked this Shalos, one of the Baliyatites asked this Shalos to the Malach who used to visit him, and he told them both of these are true, and in fact it's a Machlaikas in Shamayim. In the tefillin uh, down here, we have the tefillin like Rashi, and it's arranged kaseda that appears in the Chumash. In the tefillin of the Rebbeinu Shalom, it's like the tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam, that it was arranged like Rabbeinu Tam. Why should that be the case? How come the tfil- you know it parallels the Gemara Masechet Brachas that we saw recently? The parshas of Rabbeinu Shalom are different. They were different. Yeah, they are. Oh, so it parallels the tshuva. A parallels the Gemara Masechet Brachas, which tells us our tefillin have. Uh, so, so too, the two, I think you're right, that they're, they're, they're connected. And of course, each one highlights uh, a different point. This is how, you know, relationships should work. We highlight the greatness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Yichud Hashem, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu says, So, so too, perhaps that's why in the film of the Rebbeinu Shalom, it's more like Rabbeinu Tam, he puts Vahayim Shamoa first. Vahayim Shamoa is the reward that we get if we properly keep the Torah in the midst. So, Kaddish Baruch Hu is primarily concerned with us. Then has to do with our obligations to the Rebbeinu Shalom, that he puts second. And in our film, we have, we have Shaman Vahafta first. We're more concerned with the Rebbeinu Shalom. So we put our Kaddish Baruch Hu first, our obligations to him, and then what we receive in reward, if we properly keep the Torah in the midst, is similar to the Kedusha Slavi, unless we parasha, we call the Yantif Chag HaPesach, in, uh, in uh, recognition of the fact that Kaddish Baruch Hu passed over our house and saved us, and have a Karsat Torah to Rebbeinu Shalom during Marcus Bechiris, Kaddish Baruch Hu is referred to in the Chumash, as Chag HaMatzis. Kaddish Baruch Hu highlights, he, he, he uh, emphasizes what we did for him in leaving Mitzrayim uh, in haste and following after him. So therefore, perhaps the Tefillin of the Rebbeinu Shalom, Tefillin of uh, our Tefillin, uh, highlight 
the, the greatness of, uh, of, uh, of each other. So already we see this machlekes, perhaps the Ariya Kodesh claim they're both uh, correct, and already we find such a thing in the Shalos and Shuvas Min HaShamayim from the Rishayim, that perhaps the machlekes goes all the way back to the Rebani Shalom uh, and Kali Yisrael. So therefore there's a reason perhaps already to wear both. This leads us uh, to the uh, practice that's cited over here by the Rosh. What should we do? Lamaiso. We have a machlekes, Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam. You're say, if you only, uh, you know, according to one, if it happens to be that the Allah is following the other. So therefore, the rush over here, Oistes, recommends that a person fulfill both. And of course, the Ariya Kodesh claimed both are correct. Uh, and he quotes, a, I think he quotes a passage from the Zerah HaKodesh already, that both are correct. So he says, both are correct. So therefore, the rush, it's not surprising, the rush already claimed that we should go about wearing both. Ah, but the Gemara says in Masechus Sanhedrin, if you wear two pairs of tefillin at the same time, it's Baltoisif. So the rush says, it's not a problem you'll have in mind only to be Yodzei with one of them, which everyone is correct. So you put on both pairs of tefillin <coughs> at the same time. You wear both pairs of tefillin, and you have in mind, whichever one is correct, you have in mind to be Yodzei. How do you wear two pairs of tefillin at the same time? The Gemara says, Masech Lesehervin over here, How do you wear two pairs of tefillin? Anyone? I always pictured you wear two tefillin. Ne- really? You yeah, one, one behind? behind, behind the other. Other. Yeah, of course. One behind the other. I always pictured it was one next to the it's other. Not and that's the way the Tzanzaruv says, and Divrei Chaim says, he makes fun of people who have a mirror that look at themselves if the tefillin is uh, properly centered in their head, because he says, either way, the Gemara says, So what, what do you, you think if it's off by a millimeter? Now you're somewhere in the range. So he obviously understood it was one next to the other, but it's probably more correct that it's one behind the other, yeah. Why? Because Taisus uh, says we're not sure how big the tefillin have to be. Taisus over there, Masechet Seven says Masupak Hayari Eizashir Yesh Berachav Tefillin never mentions the minimum size for tefillin. So they quote over here from a medrash, uh, the, the Rosh quotes from a Shimusha Rabba, who appears probably on Hilchos Tefillin often, that it's the Shir Shteyatz both. And the Mishabura says it's Kedai to be Machmer for that, and we are tefillin, uh, typical tefillin that we have is Shteyatz both. Yeah, but they used to have smaller tefillin. Oh, so that's not like this Shemusha Rabba, not like the Medrash. But you, you, tefillin are fine. The, the Seifim are not happy with the very small tefillin because they think the parashiyas, there's no way that you can keep them kosher or that they're written muhudah. So that's why Seifim recommend. Ones. Yeah, Seifim recommend not to do it. Or if you're going to do it, at least get small bottom with regular sized parashiyas. That's a, a nice pshar. But either way, tefillin could be smaller than even Shteyat's bows. So I want to put a bite and put compartments and put both. Oh, that's you can't do. Ah, 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 ah. I the same bite. That's, you're not, you're not saying according to either one. <laughs> you're saying according to either one. Well, either Rabbah. I'll do it. The other one, I'll do like Rashi. I get one of them. That's, uh, I don't think it works. Four no. compartments. No, eight compartments is Bukhlal. No, that's Mamish Baltoisif. That's the says, what's Baltoisif? Not only wearing two tefillin is a machlegas. Wearing five batim is for sure Baltoisif. You violate an Easter. Anyway, um, so Taisa says, how do you know the minimum size of tefillin is shteyats both? Because the tzitz that the Kayin Gadol wore was two both. Behind that was the tefillin. And then behind that was his hat. So you see that there's another room for a second pair of tefillin there. So you see from Taisa, what you see from Taisa is, if it was the tzitz, then the tefillin, that, and he says, therefore, it must be that there's a place for two pairs of tefillin because the tzitz itself is two both. So it must be the tefillin and author two as both, and there's room for two tefillin. What you see from Tysus is that it's really one behind the other. So there are those who, those who still do this. I think it's the minute by Spadim to wear both pairs of tefillin. I've never seen it. Both pairs of tefillin um, at the same time. And that's the practice with the Rosh. doesn't have in mind uh, to only be yotzi with one of them. Huh? So look, you've seen Spadim do it? 
Yeah. Some of them, the really mad dreams, they cover the Rabbeinu Tam. So from it's called Minix Faradim. Yeah. So over here it says in Shulchan Aruch, look over here, it says in Shulchan Aruch, Minig Olam Karashi Var Rambam. Of course, we have our Minig is like Rashi in the Rambam. Yerei Shamaim Yetzi Yedei Shem, Yerei Shamaim should be Yetzi with both. V'yashu Shtegu Zugo is filmed, V'yaniach Shneim. You should put them both on at the same time. V'yachavim Menachazim Ba'isa Shah. I'll leave the hilchsa any yotze yidei chovasi. I only have a mind to be yotze with that pair of tefillin that uh, that is correct. Vashar him kibitzu as ba'ama. He says you should be like Rashi. One second, one second. What? You have something besides for the parsha in there. Somebody put something else in there. A kamei, yeah. A petishu kamei in a yotze. If you add something, that something's in there besides, because otherwise you could put the 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 two parshas to line them up each in each bat. So that you have all the, all I don't the know. Is that a chatzitza or probably a chatzitza? I don't know. I don't know. know. But I don't otherwise, know. you could double up in two of the compartments. Now, it for sure, be baltaisa. You're adding parshias. Of course, it'd be baltaisa. It's, like it's like taking a fifth min. No, sure. like Just add another corner with more strings. That's baltaisa. And it's tzitzis. No, you can't do that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think so. Well, you think you're going to come up with a, like an I'm found that no one else is? You're going to solve the world's problems over here? You have a peace plan for Roger and Vinita? I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, so says in Shulchan Aruch, he's trying to fulfill both. Malkam Yesh Berosh Ani Ashtayit Film B'Chaim B'Zroyah. He says you should. We pass like Rashi and Benuta and Rashi and Rambam. Then he says Yerei Shemaim should do both because it's a big machlekes over here. Vim Eni Yodeil Chavin Amalkam. If you don't know how to do it, how to do it properly, because you got it. This is careful. This is this is this is precise work over here because there's not room for three. Uaniach Shneim Yachad to do it. Yaniach Kedivrei Echad Shoyad V'Shoresh. Do it one after the other. If you don't know how to do it properly, do it one uh, one after the other. So that's what he recommends to do it one uh, one after the other. Ramosha makes the point that Igris Moshe, if you're going to do it one after the other, like it says over here, so you have to be careful not to compromise, minimize the time that you wear uh, to fill in the Rashi. We really pass like Rashi in the Rambam. So you can't start switching in the middle of Chazar Sashas to put on Rabbeinu Tam because you fulfill the mitzvah of fill in the entire time that you're wearing the fill in. And perhaps the mitzvah of fill in is not once a day every day, it's to wear it for as much time as possible. They used to wear it fill in all day. The mitzvah wasn't just once a day every day, it was to wear it for that minimal time as you can keep a uh, gufnaki. So you really shouldn't cut in, you know, on the time that we have dedicated for Rashi. So it's really proper for those who wear Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. If you're going to be Makhmer, unless you have a minute otherwise, is to really put Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin on, uh, on after davening. And then he says over here, when you do that, you shall lay in Kriyashma again. When you put on the Tefillin, the Rabbeinu Tam after davening, you shall lay in Kriyashma again. That's based on the Gemara Masech Brachis. Over here, Yadarum Abayz, which uh, just because of the Dafyomi saw recently, we'll, we'll mention it. Call Kore Kriyashma, Bogot Tfilin, person who lands Kriyashma without Tfilin, Kiyu made Edo Shekh Abatzma, it's as if he's saying false testimony. He's talking about the Tfilin, Ukshatim, Lesal Yadro, Tapas, Beninacha, and he's not wearing them. So it sounds like his Kriyashma is lacking. So that's why you're supposed to lay in Kriyashma together with the Tfilin. But that's how Rabbeinu Yon interprets the Gemara. Rabbeinu Yon says uh, it's like uh, it, it's a Chisarin in your Kriyashma if you're not wearing Tfilin. So therefore, you should lay in Kriyashma again. So it sounds like the problem with the Kriyashma. The Rambam brings the Allah in Hilchus Tfilin, which sounds like it's a Kiyum in Hilchus Tfilin. I mean, when I lay in Tfilin, I should say why I'm wearing the Tfilin because I believe in the Rebunish This is an expression of my Amun and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, I have to, uh, not only when I wear the Tfilin, should I wear the Tfilin, I have to lay in Kriyashma when I'm wearing the Tfilin. That enhances the Tfilin. That's why the Rambam brings in Hilchus Tfilin. The Rambam says, Avo Pisham Mitzvashim Lovshim Kol Yom, Bishas Tfilin, Yosmin Akol, we dafka wear Tfilin during Tfilin. Why do we dafka wear Tfilin during Tfilin? Because we want to elevate the Tfilin. 
by bringing it together with the Kriyashma. So even if a person was already Yotze Kriyashma, already, let's say, uh, Tishabav in the morning, he was already Yotze Kriyashma, or he already wearing Kriyashma together with Tfilin Darashi, when he wears the Tfilin Darabed in time, in order to enhance the Tfilin, there's an Indian to lay in Kriyashma all over again when you put on Tfilin by Mincha and Tishabav, there are those laying Kriyashma all over again. This is Psaq for Shulchanar, for example, he decides he's going yeah. after. It's a Psaq. He has a very interesting thing. Because we don't he know. Says, he says, I, on what basis he give you that Rashi is the right one? Because the, the majority of his shayim had like Rashi, the majority right. of his shayim had like Rashi. Yeah. But then, right. by the way, the same sentence says, "Go to Rabbeinu Tam also." Yeah. Why is there a chatzitz for Rosh Hashanah? The Ritzus. in the bottom already is one machlekes. The chatzitz in the Ritzus is a further issue. One set over the other. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to put them one over the other. You're supposed to put them separate. You're supposed to put it in between. You're supposed to put it in between. So one thing over here, last thing over here, it says over here in the Ramah, uh, in the Shulchan Aruch over here, only a person who's muksek muforsim bechasidus with a uh, with uh, with a lowercase c, not a chasidus with an uppercase c, with a lowercase c, meaning he's a chasid in every area. He should be a chasid in this area too, and we're both filling of Rashi and filling the Rabbeinu Tam. But if you're not a yerei shamayim in all areas, you should not be doing this. Either because, uh, be, because uh, you know, why not? Either because it's a little bit of a gaiva, if you're not the Eurasian mime in all areas, why all of a sudden are you being machmer now in Hilchus Tefillin? Uh, or because it's disingenuous, right? It, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, hypocritical. Uh, I'm such a Eurasian mime in the morning when I wear Tefillin, and the rest of the day I'm relying on coolest throughout the day. I'm not machmer and machlekes him. So if a person's going to do it, he should be consistent. So if you are Eurasian mime in all areas of Avalcha, you could be a Eurasian mime uh, over here. How did it become then so common? The Akronim discussed so common that so many people are wearing tefillin uh, of Rabbeinu Tam. So the Aruch HaShulchan already says, HaIdnan is pashed to become a Mekoymes, become a Medina, Shemanikhan tefillin to Rabbeinu Tam. Ve'em b'zei yura, at the end of here, V'yosir Aleph, V'yocho ko'echa lasos kemi tovah lo'brocha. Nowadays, it's no longer seen as a sign of a person who has great Yerushamayim. It's as uh, many communities had a minute already to be machmah like Rabbeinu Tam. Chassidim who generally follow the practice of the Ariyah Kodesh is not surprising. Adopted from the Rabbeinu Tam, both are correct. So they wear both, not together like the Sephardim, but they wear one after the other. Uh, other communities, it wasn't that common, but there are Chashokhan claims if a person wants to adopt this practice, it's no longer considered to be, uh, considered to be a Yuara because it's, uh, it's, it's become, uh, it's become uh, so common. Why in Litvish circles then is it not done? So it's not done in Litvish circles because of uh, the Vilna Gain in the Maiser Rav was asked by Reb Chaim Velazhina, why don't you wear Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin? And I think Reb Chaim Velazhina already started doing it, and then he asked the Vilna Gain why the Vilna Gain doesn't do it, and when he heard what the Vilna Gain said, he stopped doing it. Vilna Gain said, because if you're going to be machmir for all the sheets and Rishonim about Tfilin, you'd have to wear 64 pairs of Tfilin, because there's not only Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam, there's the Ravid who took Rashi and flipped it around. And then there's the Shimusha Rabba who took Rabbeinu Tam and flipped it around. So you have four, just in the Rishonim, how the parashu should be arranged, you have four shitas. We don't talk about the rival, we don't talk about the Shimusha Rabba because they're less popular, but there are really other shitas, four shitas, how it's supposed to be written. Then you have four shitas, how the parashu is supposed to be arranged. Are they supposed to be vertical or horizontal? Then you have a big machlekes, are you supposed to write the parashu on the side, on the outside of the skin or on the inside of the skin? Then a further machlekes about what ink you're supposed to use. So if you do all these four permutations and accounting for all of the different possibilities you can have and how the tefillin should be with this and with this and the different sides and all of it, you need 64 pairs of tefillin. So that's what the Vilna Glenn said. He didn't do, what do you gain by wearing this, this one extra pair? Even Ramosha, 
Huh? So, but what, what does the Vilna Gaon mean? What does he mean? That since we can't fulfill all of it, so then we shouldn't do any of it? Why? And I think that's what Ramosha means too. Ramosha here is a tribute to the Lubavitcher Rebbe who was asked. The Lubavitcher Rebbe asked Ramosha, he said, why don't you wear the Tfilin of Tam? So Ramosha said, when I was in Luban, I did wear the Tfilin of Tam, but I had Mahudaros. Uh, now when I came to America, I couldn't find Tfilin of Tam that are Mahudar. So Lubavitcher Rebbe says, I have a cipher who'll do it for you on the cheap. So Ramosha responds at the end, thank you for recommending a cipher. I says, I think I have enough money. I could cobble it together. It's a fascinating tribute. And he says, if you find, give me the cipher, I'd be happy to have a new pair of Tfilinder Rabbeinu Tam. But he says, if it's not Mohudar, I'm not wearing Tfilinder Rabbeinu Tam. And he says, why not? Why is it Tfilinder Rashi? He says, if Tfilinder Rashi, he would wear it even if it's not Mohudar. Tfilinder Rabbeinu Tam, he's not wearing unless it's Mohudar. Why? How, how come? And how come the Vilna Well, why not? Kaparan, one extra shita. Why not? So, so I think what he means is like this. They say over from Reb Chaim, it's quoted in uh, uh, um, Menachem Zemba, has it in his Shuvah, the Gur Arya Yehuda. But everyone quotes the name of Reb Chaim. We don't say Savik Dairais Lechumah when it comes to a mitzvah, unless at the end of the day I will for sure fulfill the mitzvah. <coughs> but if you're not going to the end of the day, for, like I, I'm not sure I benched, bench again. But then at the end, I know I benched. If I'm not sure in the end of the day if I still fulfill the mitzvah, we don't say something that rise to the Chumar. Many argue with regards to the Tchelas. So the, the best guess we have for the Tchelas right now, the Chilazan, is this Muris Trunculus, whatever it's called. But uh, some snail. But no one knows. It, it fits some of the criteria. It doesn't fit all the descriptions Chazal have for the, for the Chilazan. So it's a best guess. So why not do it? Something that writes to the Chumra. So many argue, Rav Asher Weiss and others argue, Rav Sternbach, we don't say something that writes to the Chumra on a guess, on an educated guess. It's only if you have a real suffolk, a guess and a suffolk are not the same thing. But either way, some argue, no, we now say something that writes to the Chumra. Why not? Why not wear it? Why not? What do you have to lose? Nothing to lose. The answer is you don't say something that writes to the Chumra unless in the end of the day you're going to fulfill the mitzvah bevados. So, so over here, I think that what, what uh, the Vilna Gaon meant what, uh, and what Ramosha means is, you want to be machmer karbenu tam, that's fine, but you better know in the end of the day you fulfill the mitzvah too. And the Vilna Gaon said, I don't know if we're going to be right to the mitzvah too, and so we don't say something that rise to the chumrah in the first place. So that's why in Litzvah circles, there was never a minute to wear the tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam, but nowadays, of course, it's become popular. Some Eurasian mime are doing it. Huh? Why? Something that rise to the chumrah. Because you just wait to sit in the chalice. Chabad. 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 Chabad.